Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of So What Else. I'm your host, Caitlin. As you know, So What Else is a story-based podcast. And this week we have a new friend on, Kelsey Beatty, to share her story. We actually connected online um, because her mom sadly passed away of a glioblastoma. Obviously, unless you are brand new here, you know that my mom battled a glioblastoma two and a half years and um, she recently passed away. So this was actually incredibly therapeutic for me. You know, I kind of laugh with Kelsey at the end and say, this was selfish of an, this was a selfish episode for me. I I asked you to come on because I wanted to talk to you and this was therapeutic for me to get to talk to you. And if other people want to listen to the episode and if they get something out of it, great. But I got something out of it, right? It felt like I was sitting down at coffee with someone who really, really understood my pain and we laughed and we cried and... I hope that this is meaningful to you in some way because it was very deeply meaningful to me. I love technology. Man, I am a fan. (laughs) Literally today, (laughs) I'm so annoyed. I just started like a very, very, very part-time position at my church. But like I sent out like my very first official like email to all the parents, whatever, typed it out first, like made sure like it sounded good, had other people read it, copy and pasted it into an email, sent it out. I opened Uh it on my phone and the font, (laughs) it looked like a drunk person. Like I, it was like big. And then the next line was small. And then the, and I was like, Wow. I'm so proud of myself. Like people are probably like, okay, like homegirl doesn't know how to use a computer. I swear. Like I literally copy and pasted a very normal average document into an email. I can't possibly explain what went wrong. But they know you. So they know that like, this Uh, is a technology issue. (laughs) I don't understand. Like literally even just before this, I was trying to print something and the printer wouldn't connect. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I are like, We somehow have been to the moon, but we can't get printers to work. Like, I don't get it. Like, why why does no printers work the first time? Like, it's always like, oh, wait, you have to reconnect. Oh, wait, press this Mm -hmm. button. Oh, wait. It's like, come on. This is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, you know, so I have a podcast with a friend and we don't really record anymore, but I was the one that did the editing and and all of that. (laughs) And I everything would be going just swimmingly, Mm. just great. We're plodding along. Mm -hmm. And then someone's audio just, just like stopped recording. Yes. You know, 45 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And how do you, I mean, it is once you've said it once, you've said it once. Uh, Oh, totally. You can (laughs) re-recording is really not like, it just, people can tell. There was one time when we used a new recording um, platform and it was like for sure user error. Like I'm not like blaming the platform, but I, when I recorded it, it sounded normal. And then when I listened to it back, I had an echo. Oh, bless it. But not her. So it was literally, then I would be like, hi, hi. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was like, I can't use this. Like, it. oh, it kills me. Oh. It kills me, the stress. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. But you do this weekly. And see that I just, I yeah. had to, I had to sign off. I was like, Listen, I the only reason I can is because my brother-in-law is my producer. He does oh, the editing for me. Oh, gosh. that is, I swear to you, everyone who 
can hear my voice. If you are going to have a podcast, you have a brother in law. Exactly. Have <laughs> a brother in law. Tell your sister to marry someone who is techie. But no, yeah. for real, you can't do all of it. If you're doing no. literally all of it, like if you're scheduling the interviews and prepping for them and doing them and editing, and Mm-mm. you will hate it. You will hate your life. You can't do it. The only way you can do a podcast is if you can split responsibility somehow. That's a hundred percent true. That is the truest thing I've heard all day. Cause it's just, it's, it's a lot of work. Lot. I always part, say, fun. exactly. I say all the time, anybody can have a podcast, but not anybody can necessarily maintain one because mm-hmm. you'll realize like, oh, this is actually a lot of work. Do I care enough? You know yeah. what I mean? But you Absolutely. guys had like a million episodes. We had a million minus about 800. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> we recorded for about four years, maybe a little That's shy. That's a really of, long stretch. Yeah. And we, I mean, we put an episode out every Monday. Yeah, Sunday, you, you have hard. a lot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a lot. It was so fun. I would not ever not like, it was so fun. I absolutely loved it. There's, we still go back and we'll record every once in a while, but we started having kids. My husband joined kind of a reserve component of the military. So he was gone for literally like six, seven months at a time. And I just, wonderful. I could Oof. not put kids down and, no. Then, no. and then go record and edit it. No, no, it's not. No. But I think, do you think you guys will get back to it one day? Maybe. I mean, we know how to do it. We have yeah. the stuff to do it. We love, I mean, it's literally just, you know, talking on the phone to each other. So we yes. might, we, I, I have a brother-in-law, so Perfect. maybe I just- <laughs> rope him in. Rope yeah, I've him got in. a couple. You guys fact. have a really good vibe. I mean, my favorite thing ever. So of course, like you said, oh, I had a podcast, da, da, da. I was listening, scrolling, stalking the whole thing. You guys have pet peeves episodes. Oh my gosh. I, do we ever? <laughs> I literally was like, oh my gosh, I I think we're best friends. Like that, yeah. everything you said, I was like yesing to death. Like when you guys yeah. were like, you know, and it's just really annoying when on social media, someone has stories up and it's like a speck. Like there's so <laughs> many stories that the so dash many. isn't even really a dash. It's like, looks like a period. That's a it's problem. It's so stupid. It's a problem. <laughs> and we still will text each other and we'll say like, hey, Pet Peeves episode numbered 400. I hate it when dot, I dot, dot. love that. Yeah. I literally yeah. love that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, you guys are nice people. You're like lovely, nice people, but you know what? Pet peeves are real. It's true. It's a real it's thing. True. So you have it's two, true. are your kids in bed right now? How old are your kids? Oh yeah. 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 I have a five-year-old son and a 16 month old daughter mm-hmm. and they are in bed. They're probably both asleep. Hopefully. Um, now yeah. is your husband home or he's, he's home? No, okay. He's home. He's home. He got back in June after being gone for about mm, like five-ish months. Oh um, my gosh. So he got back in June and he's going to be home indefinitely. I mean, not, not forever. He still has like four years in his commitment. So he'll be gone again. But right now he's home. I take it a day at a time. Yeah. So like five months, because now I feel like a loser. Because like literally today <laughs> at, I was at like a mom's group. And one of my friends, her husband's a pilot. So he just travels kind of every week. You know, it's like uh-huh. three nights yeah. here, two my nights here. My dad was here a pilot. For, so. Right. Okay. So you yeah. get it. And then my husband um, just travels on and off for work, you know, and it's, it's sure. nothing insane. It's just like, you know, four days, five days, two days, you know, whatever, just here and there. And we were like, oh, it's so hard. And then you put the kids to bed and, da, da, da. and we're like going on and on and on. <laughs> we're talking about flipping four nights alone. Five months. 
I would. Yeah, but here's the deal. We get into our routine. If you have I someone guess. coming and going, like like the pilot schedule, mm-hmm. you have your That's things true. that it's you choppy. do. Yeah. yeah, when your husband's gone, I do things differently when he's gone. Yeah. And then he comes home and, you know, we get back in our groove. But man, when you're flip-flopping like that, yeah, that feels hard. I mean, that's kind of you to, I would be like, yeah, screw you guys. Like my life was way harder. So did he literally, like, you did not see him for five months. The kids did not Um, see him for five months. So for his first stint, I did not see him for, um, like six to eight weeks. And then Christmas was right in the middle and he was able to come home for two weeks. And then he was gone for five months. Like couldn't talk to him for the most part. Um, except for letters and then didn't see him for five months straight. And then this last bit of training, he actually was, um, in Oklahoma. So we're in tech, I'm in Texas mm-hmm. and he was in Oklahoma and he was able to every once in a while drive back down. I'm talking so much with my hands, like I'm, I'm putting on a whole show over here. <laughs> I'm a hand talker. <laughs> I am a hand so, talker. He was able to drive home, um, for, you know, 36 hours every once in a while. And that was actually really nice. It was oh actually really goodness. nice. Now, so wait, he's in the National Guard? <clears throat> he is. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So were the kid yeah. when he would come back, like your baby, she obviously, I mean, did she know who he was? I mean, I think she knew that she liked him and we were able mm-hmm. to FaceTime him. So okay, yeah, that yeah. helped too. Um, I didn't have her when he was gone the first time. Okay. So that was a little bit different. Um, it was really hard on my son. Just yeah, every time he had to leave again, it was it was really sad. Hmm. I give so, you so much credit. That's really, really thank hard. Thank you. Thank you. I had um, Stacy Morgan on this podcast, whose husband went to space. Whoa. <laughs> literally an astronaut, <laughs> and was gone for I think it was like nine months or something. And like she I, talks yeah, a lot I, about that in her book. Like she's like, you know, people think it's just going to be this like you come home and it's like perfection, but like you actually get into like this whole ru- new routine, and then they come home and it's kind of like oh. This is bumpy yep. slightly. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like the kids now are have different expectations and they're not sure. used to listening to you. Like, it's just a whole thing. Sure. Can you FaceTime from space? Uh, I don't... Uh, okay. That's a good question that we I have like must have talked about. I think yeah. that they maybe must have seen his face at some point. Who knows? Honestly, I don't even know. I don't remember. That is the most intelligent question that's been asked on your show that so That really far. is. Yeah, that's so. a deep one. <laughs> it, I don't know. Who freaking knows? Isn't that... Why wouldn't you be able to, right? Because when we're FaceTiming, know. aren't the satellite things shooting up to space anyway? So you would think the connection would actually maybe be even maybe better. Maybe it'd be better. Yeah, like the Wi-Fi is really good. Yeah. I don't know. We sound so dumb. People are probably like, <laughs> okay. Uh, carry on. Oh, my goodness. Um... So I, this is my first interview back since oh, wow. um, my mom died, which is okay. one month ago tomorrow of the okay. date that we are recording this. And the reason that I felt like, because some people might be like, oh my gosh, like you're doing an interview already. The reason that I felt okay to do an interview is because it was with you who I've yeah. never met or talked to before, but I feel like I know you because we yeah. are in a club together that we never would have wanted to be in. I'm going to shred my card. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be in this club. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kick me out, please. We are in the, our moms had glioblastomas club and yeah. uh, passed away recently. So yeah. 
we connected on the internet. So crazy. My mom's doctor, Dr. Bookvar, had like reposted something that I put up about her. And um, a few people reached out to me from him posting, but you were one of them and your message really stuck out to me because you said, um, you know, uh, thinking of you, like thinking of your family. My mom actually was diagnosed, I want to say in April and passed Mm -hmm. away in July. Like it was really, really quick. Um, And I just, I don't know, like I just felt like, wow, like that's, if anybody understands it's you and mm-hmm. honestly your situation, even not that it's like, Oh, worse, better, whatever. But like, sure. that is so incredibly <clears throat> fast. You know, my mom yeah. did have her glio for two and a half years, which is really unusual. Your mom had it for, like you said, like 14, 14 weeks, weeks or something, which is like, yeah. I can't even, my brain can't even really get, wrap around that at all. Like that's, yeah, that's so fast. And there's just a lot of, I'm not going to tell your whole story for you. There's a lot of other things about your story that I just really, really blew my mind um, when I heard it. So I was really excited to get to talk to you, but um, just tell me, like, tell me a little bit about your mom. Like, what was your relationship like with her? Okay. okay, Before I do that, and I'm not trying to steal your mojo, but I've got to tell you how I started following Dr. Bookvar. Oh yeah, because it I had was nothing. Ask you that had nothing to do with my mom. So oh my, my husband gone on his this past spring, gone for his training, and I am not a TV watcher. Like I mm-hmm. would rather, honestly, I'd rather like scroll on Instagram, maybe read a book, like talk to a friend. I'd rather do like almost anything else. But whenever he's gone, I usually have a show that I watch. Sure, and I started watching just by chance, Emergency NYC on okay. Netflix. And yes. then Lennox Hill, which I was yeah. so jazzed to find. Yeah. And I started following him because of his work with glioblastoma. Um, and so that is how I I so saw your post. that was before your mom? No, this was this was after, after mom. After, okay, okay. okay yeah, okay. so she died last July of 22. And okay. it was spring of 23 okay, that okay. I was watching those shows. Um, and I, you know, you never want to be the weird girl. Yeah. But I was like, I, she, okay, this Caitlin girl, she looks young. It looks like, (laughs) like her mom should not have died yet. Yeah. You know, Um, I've got to say something because I, I don't really know anyone whose mom has passed. Yeah. Um, pretty much, I'm going to say prematurely. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just felt kind of this pull to reach out to you. Um, And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did too. And it really brought me comfort in that moment, which I know sounds weird, but I've been, I've said this so many times to people is that it just like, you feel very bonded to people who are like of a similar age, maybe who have lost a parent, you know what I mean? Or then specifically people who have maybe dealt with this very specific type of cancer. Like you just automatically feel a kinship with them, you know, because it's just, it's just different, you know, like, yeah. It just is, you know, I've also lost a brother and now I've lost a mom and I'm not saying like one is worse or better, but it is different. You know what I mean? So it's like, and also just the fact that, um, with our moms, it was fast and slow, but the point is Mm -hmm. I say slow, meaning we knew that they were going as opposed to, you know, like with my brother, we didn't know. And that is, that is a different kind of grief and, you know, I don't know, whatever. It it is, it is. Yeah. Um, so my mom, she was a very eccentric person. She, I, I I don't put a whole bunch of stock, a whole lot of stock in the Enneagram. 
But I do think it's a helpful tool in some cases to Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, help you kind of find a place. Mm -hmm. She was a strong eight. I mean, she had to speak her mind. Yeah, She did not care. She maybe even kind of picked fights with people just... Mm -hmm. Because she just liked to she just have liked that opinion. It. Hey, she I get ha- it. She liked to have that opinion. We all she, know and love some eights. Yes. She was, um, she was just cute. She mm-hmm. like, I have some of her clothes now. And every time I wear them, people are like, oh my gosh, your shirt's so cute. Your shoes mm-hmm. are cute. And every time I'm like, dad, come it. It was my mom's. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. I can't even take credit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, she was involved um I mean she was a stay-at-home mom forever mm-hmm. and so I just growing up I wanted to be her mm-hmm. right like I she was a fantastic cook she was from Mississippi so mm-hmm. she had all the sayings she um such a good go-go that was her her grandmother name mm-hmm. um she would plan like themed dates with my son mm-hmm. with her and my dad and my son and just always um one of her favorite things to say was wherever you are be all there and she, that's oh. who she was like yeah. wherever she was she was all there she was not distracted by anything else she was not and the woman loved her phone like she loved instagram mm-hmm. she loved she loved all <laughs> she was with you she was tuned into who you were like yeah i am listening to you i am all about you i am she never met a stranger mm. um she was just she was so good and she was a fantastic mother. Mm. I mean, I like that. she was, she was just great. And you're an only child. You have a brother. I have a brother. Okay. I have an older brother. He's like five and a half years older, um, lives in Southern California with his family. And yeah. Okay. So it's just so the it's two of us, two of you guys. And all right. And so then you, so you live in Texas and your mom and dad lived in Texas, not too far from you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of east of Dallas and they are um, right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. So I have to go through Dallas to get to them. Takes me a little over an hour, but we're pretty close. Okay. Okay. Um, So then you kind of take us back. You were pregnant, I think, with your daughter. And and is your, what's your daughter's name? Is it Caroline? Caroline. Uh That's my sister's name. Yeah. So cute. Such a pretty name. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. It's so beautiful. I love that. Uh, it's well, we laugh because a lot of times, like, we'll call her Car, whatever, which isn't what you would call your daughter because we are from New Jersey and we mm-hmm. talk like idiots. But anyway, right. my youngest, before she could really like talk well, it sounded like she was calling her Cow. And oh, so no. now, like, we'll be like, hey, oh, no. cow, you know, which is just so <laughs> flattering. I mean, who wouldn't want that? To she be loves like, that. Yeah. You know She's a mean? stronger person because of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were pregnant. Yes. And things started kind of shifting with your mom. They did. Yeah. So my mom was also a very intelligent woman. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she knew if you asked her what a word meant, it did not matter what the word was. She knew what it meant. She knew how to spell it. She knew how to use it. She mm-hmm. She was just with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was about probably 33 to 34 weeks pregnant when I started noticing that when she would text me, she would ask me like the same question. Literally, I went back and counted eight to 10 times. Oh. Or she would um, text me about the same things, like that she was hyper fixated on certain subjects. Mm. Um, and it was odd. 
it was, it was very strange. Um, and one day she like out of the blue and my mom, my mom and I would text each other all day long, but we never talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. And one day out of the blue, she called me mm-hmm. and I was like, what mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. happening? What is yeah. happening? Um, and not too long after that, I got a call from my dad and he was like, Hey, do you feel like something's going on? Because she would ask me the same question and then, Mm -hmm. and I would get frustrated and then I would think, well, maybe it's just me. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just being annoyed by these things that she's doing. Maybe she hasn't really asked me that question that Mm -hmm. many times or maybe she, like, maybe this is all in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my dad called me and he was like, do you think something's going on? And I said, I absolutely think something is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And nothing, really nothing else was said. And we hung up the phone and that was that. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. My dad is a man of very few words. He's very calculated. He Mm -hmm. flew airplanes for 40 plus years. I mean, logical, Mm -hmm. calculated, steady, things through steady as can be. Um, And so I knew they would be making a decision about what to do. I just didn't know. And honestly, Caitlin, I was racking my brain. I was like, is it a stroke? Mm-hmm. Right. Is, uh, what is going on? Totally. Like, she felt perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. She felt her, I mean, the best that she's felt in years. <sighs> um, and we kept telling her like, something is going on with you. What is mm-hmm. going on? I saw her in person probably a couple weeks after that. And she was using words incorrectly. And I was like, mom, mm-hmm. what is the like yeah. secret to tell us mm-hmm. what's happening? And she just kept saying, I'm perfectly fine. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. I am fine. Uh, and no one believed her. Yeah. No one believed uh, her. It's so crazy though, because I can relate to, even though our stories are very different, like in this aspect, I can relate to, um, I'm not going to retell the whole thing. Like I have an episode about it, but basically just in this, in these last several months, my mom actually ended up having a secondary cancer that we didn't know about. And I know that a lot of people were probably thinking like, how did you not notice? But similar to like what you were saying, it's like you notice things, but you have reasons for them, right? Like my mom was losing a ton of weight, but it was like, okay, well, she is on a medication that has weight loss as a side effect or, you know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, well, like this has been going on. She keeps complaining of this, but that could be this or that, you know, it's like, it's hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Obviously when you're sitting on the other side of it, it seems so clear, right? Like when you're retelling this story, you know, when you're saying, oh, she asked me the same question 10 times. You know what I mean? It's like, to you, you're probably like, well, gosh, like- <laughs> Why didn't we notice sooner? <laughs> right, but in when you are in it, you don't, it doesn't feel like that. I don't really know how right. to explain it, but I think that other people who have been through something like would understand. But when you're in it, you feel like, is something going on or is it me? Am I just being Absolutely. like weird? You know what I mean? And, like, well, am I just being uptight? Yeah, and here's the other part of it is- my I so the day that I saw my mom for the first time in probably like probably three weeks or so, mm-hmm. I pulled up to my parents' house, got out of the car, she came out of their side door, and one side of her face was drooping. Oof. And I so I immediately again went to that like, has she had a stroke? Mm-hmm. And I, t- I told my dad, I was like, Dad, her yeah. face is drooping, but he sees her. I mean, he he's retired, right? He is with her 
all day, every mm-hmm. day. And so he hadn't noticed that. And I kind of wonder yeah. if it's some sort of like self-protective yeah. mechanism. Like I, I, I don't even want to know what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even want to go there. Yep. Um, you know, subconsciously, of course. But the, I mean, I at that it. point, when I saw her physically, I was like, you, there, you are so sick. There's yes. something so wrong with you. What are we going to do? <sighs> so then did they go soon thereafter? And they did. Yeah. Okay. That, that evening, um, my dad, you know, in his calculated way, he had to go home and make sure that he had a notepad and a mm-hmm. pen to write down notes and oh, that he yeah. had, you know, taken her jewelry off just in case they had to stay and, mm. um, you know, do all of those kinds of things, check all the boxes. And they, 16th of last year, so the day before Easter, and they went to UT Southwestern in Dallas. Um, she had thyroid cancer several okay. years ago. Okay. Um, and they, they were not related at all, but that's mm-hmm. where she had treatment for that cancer. And so dad thought, well, yeah, probably best to take her there because they have all her records. They, totally. You know. So that I think that was a great move. And, and they went to the ER that night and um, found... I don't, you'll have to tell me what kind of scans they do. They do a CAT scan, right? They do a CAT scan and then I, yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. And so she, the, because, and I don't think that this was denial. I think she truly believed that she was perfectly fine. And we were just like pulling one over on her, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't even like go in for the MRI. My dad had to call me and like, Kelsey, please talk your mother in to Aww. going, to going in for this MRI. And again, just not like her. Mm. She like when she had thyroid cancer, she was like, let's get it done. Let's do yeah. this. Like, yes. You know, but just so out of character for her. And so mm. they they did those scans and found several tumors. Um mm. one, I think about the size of a golf ball oh, on the left goodness. side of her head. It was pushing like the left side of her brain into the mm-hmm. right side by mm-hmm. like five millimeters, which apparently is a lot. Well, yeah. Um, and the whole, there's like, we learned about that whole like midline thing or whatever. Yeah. That if your yeah. brain is not, I guess, perfectly centered essentially that, and by even just like a hair, that is Literally. like a major, major situation. Yeah. So she had one there. She had one on her brain stem mm. and then she had like, the rest of her brain was just riddled with tumors. I mean, they were everywhere. So were they, did they tell her right in that moment, like this is a glioblastoma they, or did they, they did give not. any? Okay. Yeah. No, Cause it takes they, forever. It, well, so they told her you've got brain cancer, mm-hmm. told her, they told dad, um, that was April 16th. They said, you can, um, make an appointment with oncology. And the soonest that dad could get her in was April 25th. Yeah. So like nine days later, I think it was April 25th. It was mm-hmm. at, at least a week, if not mm-hmm. two, before yeah. they could get her in, um, which was ludicrous to me. Insane. Uh, it's not a cold, my friends. Right. <laughs> I Listen, you, uh, what? I absolutely agree with you. Like that, I think, was the most shocking thing of this whole thing for us, the whole experience, even just when my mom... First, first, first went to the ER for the very first time and they did a CAT scan and they said, you have a huge tumor and they helicoptered her to a different hospital. Then she still had to wait 
I think it was two to three days for the surgery. And it was just so strange to me that I was like, so you mean to tell me this was emergent enough to helicopter her over there and now we're waiting? Like, what is the waiting? Like, where's the Uh, urgency? Like, it's very confusing, like all of the waiting that you do. It, it, It really was. And so he made that appointment for, you know, a week to two later. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they wanted mom to stay at the hospital. They wouldn't admit her that night because she, her brain was swelling. There was bleeding on the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's in this state of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very adamant about going home. So mm-hmm. my dad took her home and called me and my brother the next day to, to tell us. Um, and within literally two to three days, she was losing the ability to walk. Um, like her, her gross motor skills were declining very rapidly. Her, Mm -hmm. I want to say her right hand was losing the ability to work properly because of Mm -hmm. the tumor that was on the left side. Mm -hmm. And so my dad, once again, took her back into the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. and at that point they admitted her and said, okay, we're going to biopsy and, and see what it is. Mm Um, and I would say, I mean, you don't want to hear that your family member has brain cancer, mm-hmm. but you certainly don't want to hear that they have a glioblastoma. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. For us, it was just like, I was like, let it be anything but that. Anything. Operable. You know? was your, your mom's was operable, right? Yes. Yes, it okay. was. And so yours, I mean, we're, she wasn't given any option. It but- was, no, it was not. And there were too many, especially the one on the brainstem. Apparently, again, we can send people to space, but we cannot. Yeah. We cannot cut yep. on the brainstem. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. So I know. I know. It was a blow, though. I mean, of course. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable because that was like, you know, so my mom's glio was operable, but then, you know, just like a month ago when they told us um, that she had a mass in her liver and that that wasn't mm-hmm. operable, you know, I was like, what does that mean? It's not operable. Like, you know, like yeah. I was just like, what? Again, like you said, like it's 2023. You can't just go in there and get it. And do you, right. like, can I try? Right. <laughs> like Let you just feel like, I don't know, like how it's just, we don't understand that, you know, like it just yeah. feels like, what do you mean? Like when they say there's nothing you can do, there's nothing that they can do. That's not something that we're honestly like used to hearing in today's day and age. It's like, there's always Absolutely. something that can be done about everything. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's, a blow. So anyway, go on. So they, she was yeah. told it was not <clears throat> operable. So glio, my, I had been, you know, at this point I was probably 35 weeks pregnant. I don't remember exactly, Ugh. but I had been spending a lot of time up at the hospital and it, it mm-hmm. was a good 45 minute drive for me. It was into the middle of Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, shipping my son off to oh, my gosh, in-laws. Yeah. Um, my husband was in grad school. Like it was just a lot. Yeah. And, um, I, so I kind of told my dad, like, I need a couple of days at home mm-hmm. and the day of the biopsy, he texted me and he was like, Hey, I really need you to come up to the hospital. And I didn't know that they had the results already. She literally mm-hmm. was in the biopsy. They ran it down to the lab, got the results almost immediately. And he, he asked that my brother and I come up to the hospital oh, um, wow. and he, I, I walked into the, to my mom's hospital room and she goes, it's aggressive. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and oh. I like, I, I don't know. I, I can only laugh at it now because yeah. that was about all she understood. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
mm-hmm. she said, it's aggressive, but mama's going to fight. Oh, and she did. Oh, She did. And that, that was kind of the time that I think maybe there was some understanding mm-hmm. of what was happening. Um, yeah. So my dad took my brother and I out individually to the waiting room. Um, and he told us, I'll I'll never forget the first thing he said was your mom is crazy about you. Oh. She is absolutely crazy about you and just just told me what she thought about me as if I didn't already know. I mean, she oh. was that good of a mother. Like I I yeah. knew I knew what she thought about me. And um he said they've given her about 12 to 18 months. Oh. Um and I don't know. You just, you just do it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I had no other choice, but to carry on with my life and yeah, um, love my mom and my family and yeah, keep going. So they gave her no option for any kind of anything. They, well, they gave her the option for radiation and chemo. Mm-hmm. The chemo was a pill. Yeah. Um, the radiation they had, she had to go get like, fitted for one of those yep. crazy yeah. masks and yeah, it, like, like they creepy. pinpoint yeah. yeah super creepy um she was a huge post malone fan and like this woman she was a god fearing <laughs> like she loved the lord mm-hmm. she but she also loved post malone i love that so, so she would put her post malone in and they would do That's... the radiation oh, um wow. and the and chemo was a pill and let me tell you she was never nauseous Oh. She never vomited. Yeah. She never, I mean, she was beginning to lose the ability to live her life. Yeah. Yeah. But she never felt sick, mm. which is like a huge answer to prayer. Sure. Yeah. But also, like, what? Yeah. Like, everyone who does chemo basically, I don't know, mm-hmm. they're crushed by it. Yeah. You know, so they, they gave her that option. My dad only had her do it for three to four weeks before they ran another test and found more tumors. Oh. Not smaller, less tumors. Oh. So, again, another blow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so then was she at home? She was. So she was admitted. She she was diagnosed a few days later. She was admitted for about a week. That's when the biopsy happened. We got the diagnosis, like the official diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they had her like stable enough, you know, swelling down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, things like that, she went home and my dad was taking her every day into Dallas. Like, Oh wow. <laughs> it was just a lot. And she was not really able to walk anymore. Mm-hmm. And Oh gosh. And all so of a sudden it's like, okay, I need a wheelchair. I need a shower chair. I need, like my dad cooked a meal in his life. So I set up a meal train with people from their church and they had food like you would never believe. Mm. Um, People coming over to help move my mom. Like, so he was going into Dallas um, with her for a couple of weeks. And that was about when I had Caroline. Oh my good. I, the so, fact that this was going listen, when my mom was dying, it was the absolute worst but most intense 
month of my entire life. And I can't even begin to imagine, like, I thought it was bad that I had a six month old. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm a nursing mother with like a baby. Like, how am I doing this? I, I don't care. It would have been 1000 times worse if I were pregnant like 38 weeks, 39 weeks, and then having the baby. Like, I just, I don't even know how you possibly mentally, emotionally did that. Like, how did you even like have a baby while that was going on? I guess because you had no choice. I had no choice. And my dad did this really great thing where I saw my mom on May, I think Mother's Day was May 8th of last year. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was 37 weeks. And he said, after you see mom, you are going home and you are not coming back. Mm. She will be here, you know, until your baby comes, but you, Mm -hmm. not much is going to change. You need to go home, Mm -hmm. get ready for the baby, stay close to Tom, spend some Mm -hmm. time with Ben. Like you need to be at home. And so I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, because you can never forget, obviously Mm -hmm. that your mother is dying of brain cancer, but it certainly was easier to be at home and mm-hmm. be dealing with those things. Mm-hmm. Look, kids um, distract us. That's just a fact. Oh, absolutely. It's, you can, When you're in mom mode, you just are. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and I think that pretty much every mom is probably nodding along to this. Like, mm-hmm. it's not Amen. that like when you were with your son, you were like, wow, I don't care about what's going on with my mom. It's just that you have to compartmentalize or else how else will you get through the day? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um that's absolutely true. And I think I was just keeping myself so busy. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was trying to walk a lot and, mm-hmm. and get this baby out and, mm-hmm. and all of these things. Um, and so I had Caroline and I I can't I can't say that this was the worst day in all of the time that my mom was sick, but we came home from the hospital and within a couple of days, my dad brought her um over to my house with my aunt. So my mom had a sister or mm-hmm. has a sister and um, she was helping my dad a little bit and mm-hmm. brought my mom over. And it it just finally hit me mm-hmm. that like, my mom can't hold my baby. Mm. She can't yeah. change her diaper. Mm-hmm. She can't rock. I had this like, she was a baby whisperer. Yeah. Anyone's baby that mm-hmm. needed to go to sleep, give the baby to mom, the baby would go to sleep. Mm. Um, she at that point was having a hard time swallowing Mm. and eating but she like still had the appetite to eat it Mm. it was a whole big mess yeah (laughs) so that was a um that's when she really started to decline was when caroline was about a week old or so Mm. this was the beginning of june um and she was admitted into the hospital again because my dad just he he didn't know what to do. He was like, I yeah. can't move her. I like yeah. what kind I will pay for whatever kind of help that I need, but mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of help I need. Of and course. that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound entitled, but mm. we've never walked a road like this. We had never mm-hmm. walked a road like this until my mom yep. was sick. And like, I thank God I have friends who are speech therapists mm-hmm. and physical therapists that are like, these are the services that are available to you. Yeah. These are the things that you can like, you know, pay for yourself that you mm-hmm. can, you know, all these different things. Um, 
But we had no idea what to do. Absolutely. We felt the same. It was like she was declining so quickly at home. And it's like, you know, you call and it takes a few days to get an appointment or, you know, blah, 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 all these different things. And we were like, we needed help immediately, you know? And it was like, um, my cousin is a nurse and she was able to tell us like, you can buy this, you can buy that. Let me come over mm-hmm. and show you good ways to to help lift her, to help like, yeah. you know, so people aren't like pulling muscles in their back. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, yeah. but like, if I don't, how would you know that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like there was just so many things that we just, we didn't know what we didn't know. And it was, it's really, it's- Or what level of care does my mom need? Like, yes, correct. Is she almost dead or is yeah. she like, what is going on? It's very confusing. Like you just want like a doctor to make a house call and just come and like tell you what to do. Like it just felt very like we all, I don't know. You just feel like more in charge than you want to be because you're like, I'm Mm -hmm. not qualified to be in charge of this. Like, and I, but I, here I am. Like, it's just, it's really, it's really insane. All right. So you have a one week old baby. Yep. And and mom is is readmitted. Mom's readmitted to the hospital um, pretty much because my dad was like, she can't, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, yeah. And I don't remember anything significant happening mm-hmm. during that stay. Um, I do think that they maybe like ran a swallow study. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember. They gave her, <laughs> they gave her a feeding tube down her nose. Oh. And I don't know, like... Apparently, that's very uncomfortable, and I can understand why. And this is how, like, this was mom coming out for the first time in several weeks. The doctors and my dad were turned around looking at the computer, like, to see kind of the progress of her tumors. Yeah. And she pulled that feeding tube <gasps> out of her nose. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> and then she my goes, gosh. I told you I didn't want it. <laughs> Oh my. And like, I well, cannot tell oh. you, she was not really vocalizing anything at this point. Like she was maybe saying some nonsense. But she had a moment sense. of incredible clarity there. Yes. She yeah. had a moment of clarity and she said, I told you that I don't want this. Good for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my goodness. Um, at that point, my aunt, my mom's sister, bless her heart, she took a leave of absence from work and she essentially moved in with my parents and she and my husband. So she would stay like Sunday through Wednesday or something. And then my Mm -hmm. husband, he had class Monday through Wednesday. So he would, after class, he was at uh, university of Texas in Dallas. He would drive to my parents' house and he would take care of my mom. Oh my my dad For like, I know, I know. That's so sweet. Um, he would help my dad move her. He would help feed her. I mean, you Aww. know, things have to start happening that you never yeah. thought you would have to do. And yeah. and so he was, my aunt and my husband kind of split that responsibility with my dad. Oh, that's beautiful. So that really it was, is beautiful. Yeah, it was really, really incredible. And at that point, so this was early June, um, when they did another scan, you know, after, like I said, after weeks of chemo and radiation, nothing had changed except for more tumors. And so mm. my dad said, we're we're done with chemo and radiation. Of course, yeah. Um, it is a lot on her to yeah. be getting in the car and going into Dallas every day and, and doing this thing. So he um, essentially pulled the plug on that mm-hmm. and she went home 
Um, that was the last time she was in the hospital and basically spent the next mm, like a little over a month just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Just kind of hanging out. And were you able to be with her? Like, I mean, that's so I hard was, with the baby. Yeah. Um, my in-laws are great and my mother-in-law doesn't work. So she was able to take Ben a lot, oh, um, my five-year-old. And there were times that I wanted him to see my mom, but also mm-hmm. she was nothing like my mom. And so yeah. I just, I didn't know how much do I shield him from that? I how struggled much do with I that also, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she was not... I couldn't tell if it was something that she having him there because she had Mm -hmm. like no emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I mean, keeping up with a five-year-old is a lot. And Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of one more thing for me too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was actually over there quite a bit with just Caroline and she was Mm -hmm. so little that she would just nurse all day long. Yeah, of course. And sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was able to be there quite a bit. Which was okay. a huge, a huge blessing. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. And yeah. then were you there when she died? I was not. Um, so I saw her about nine days before she died. It was about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, about a week and a half. Um, and it was not a good visit. Mm-hmm. Um there were other friends over. And so I just didn't really feel like I had much time with her. And, mm-hmm. and you also like, I don't know, there were times weeks before that, that we were like, she's going to die very, very soon. Like, mm-hmm. like literally mm-hmm. in a few days, but yeah. then she would kind of rally. And mm. then it was just so things were oscillating all the time. That's hard. Um, yeah. And so that day that I saw her last, I, I didn't know that that would be the last time that I would see mm. her like awake. Yeah. Um, but, my my son's birthday was July 23rd. Mm. And that day, my dad texted me and my brother. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but the gist of it was, your mom has not um, responded to me in, you know, like a day or so. She's not squeezing anymore when I talk to her. She's, mm. she's unresponsive, essentially. Um, she's been asleep for a long time now. And... So I, I told my husband, I was like, I have got to go over there. Mm -hmm. Um, so Sunday, the 24th, I went over, um, and spent some time with her. Mm -hmm. The oxygen had been turned on at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just sat with her Mm -hmm. and I, I read to her, I talked Mm -hmm. to her hospice ensured me that she could hear me. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how they know that. But I don't know either. I went with it. <laughs> exactly. It's like just exactly. They Yeah. Yeah. They can do no take harm. Take it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and hospice actually came when I was there and um, there are very telltale signs of the fact that someone is going to be gone within the next 24 to 48 hours. And mm-hmm. she was exhibiting all of those signs. And so mm-hmm. they came out and told us um she will be gone in the next 24 to 48 hours. And, mm-hmm. um, and she was, she mm-hmm. died on Monday, July 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've shared this story. Um, my, my friend and I that have a podcast, we talked about my mom passing and, mm-hmm. um, my dad on Monday at about noon. So she died at two fifty two PM and about noon on Monday, he started hearing like, 
the most beautiful orchestra mm. that that he has ever heard in his life and oh. could not escape it. Like he would try to go outside. He would try to go down the hall. He would try to go upstairs. He would mm. he would try to get because I think he knew what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone hears an orchestra before mm. they before they die, but right. Anyway, he he heard that, and literally the minute that she took her last breath, the music stopped. That gives me chills. Oh wow, doesn't it? And yeah. and and I didn't mention this earlier, but I came back Sunday evening, and my husband was like, "I've got to go over there. Your dad and your aunt cannot be the only two people over there. Yeah. They are so emotionally involved in this. Yeah, yeah. And so he felt like someone needed to be there, like. I don't know, in case my dad, you know, she died, he doesn't know what to do. Like, he yeah, just... totally. So, um, my, my dad called me about three o'clock on Monday afternoon. And how do you respond when your dad tells you like, your mom mm-hmm. has, has died? I, yeah, I don't even know what I said, but I know I sounded like a buffoon. Well, of course. Um, yeah. There's nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing to say. And so, mm-hmm. um, 14 weeks. From diagnosis until she passed. I mean, that is just... It's quick. It's it's incredibly quick. And everything with the baby going on simultaneously, I can't even really imagine. I mean, that is a level of trauma that you went through. I really can't imagine. I know that you, you wrote Caroline a letter at some point. I did. I did. The, the, the week of her, maybe the weekend of her due date... I, so I had had a cesarean with my son and I was trying to have a vaginal birth um, Mm -hmm. with Caroline. And I just wanted to make sure that I had kind of processed all of my emotions to give Mm -hmm. my body a chance to like, yeah, respond and get her out. Totally. Um, And so I took myself on a little coffee date and I wrote her a letter. Um, I'll be honest, I don't even know where it is. And I don't know if that's necessarily the important part of it. But No, it's I, the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's the process of... I, I don't know if this is a good word, but like I had daydreams of things that I would do with my mom and my daughter. Yeah. And my mom, I mean, my mom and my kids in general. Or yeah. like, and I, I mean, truly months before she was diagnosed, I had thought like, I have the best parents. Like Mm. they, they, it's not that they just took my kids on a whim, like whenever I wanted them to, but my mom made sure she was like, we're going to plan, you know, once a month or every Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. So we're going to come get Ben. We're going to have him over for a sleepover. We're going to, you know, he's going to get to eat mac cheese from Mm Chick-fil-A. That's what he Mm -hmm. calls it. And (laughs) like, I I was just so grateful Mm -hmm. um, for who they were for my kids. And Mm -hmm. I knew that that was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of processed all of that, like how how is it that any subsequent children I have are not going to know my mom? Like she is such a force in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't I can't even comprehend it. And I think it's something that I will grieve until the day I die. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that makes me so emotional. You know, it's like I have, you know, I feel I feel very, I feel so incredibly thankful that all three of my daughters got to meet my mom and but you know like obviously the baby she's six months old she won't remember Mm -hmm. you know and that that makes me sad you know that the the older two will have memories and they have 
They talk about my mom every single day. They have millions of associations with her, you know, like avocados. Oh, we used to eat those (laughs) with Nani. Oh, gummies. Oh, Nani used to bring us those. Oh, this blanket. Nani got me this blanket. Oh, these sandals. Nani got me these sandals. Like everything, everything, everything. And, you know, my baby won't, won't have that. And so, you know, I have a lot of feelings about that, obviously. But, you know, um, today my oldest daughter was singing in the car that song, like, I love you, a bushel, a bushel and a peck, uh-huh. because my mom used to sing that with them. And she mm-hmm. said, um, she was like, yeah, that was a song that Nani and I wrote, like she thinks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, I'm, like, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, Nani and I like wrote that song and like, that's our song. And, um, then we taught it to Emerson and she was like, and now, you know, Emerson and I will Mm. teach it to Parker and we'll sing it with her. And she said, but it's okay because Parker will get to sing it with Nani one day in heaven. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She will. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very hard. You know, it's very hard. And I know that for you, Mm -hmm. it's even worse because you feel like, you know, I don't. I've just missed all of that with my, with the baby, you know? And it's like, you feel like she got to meet your mom, but she didn't really get to meet your mom. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and now the whole dynamic of my family has shifted. Um, Yeah. My dad is an amazing man. I mean, he's incredible and he has, I remember my asking my husband, like, what did dad do after mom died? And Mm -hmm. And Tom said he handled it like a man. He got on the phone. Uh, yeah. He called hospice. He, um, you know, he he muttered down the hallway, not um, not by faith, but by sight. Oh. Not by faith, but by sight. Not by faith, but by sight. Just over and over again. And and mom was the one that like held us all together. Like, yeah, totally. He was the one that made sure that I was reaching out to dad or dad was reaching yeah. out to me or I was talking to my brother, you know, totally. like she was kind of the glue. And, and even that whole dynamic has shifted. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am afraid. I am beyond afraid of my son forgetting her. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's five. No, he wasn't even five. He was four. It's four. Yeah. Like, do you remember things from when you're four? I know. Probably I, not. I know. I know. I, I that's my husband always says because I I say the same stuff all the time, and then Scott's like, "Listen, technology is on our side, you know, in this yeah. in this situation." Because he was like, "We and also just, you know, we we have so many just like videos and pictures and texts, like so many more than even when we were growing up, just because of iPhones." Oh, yeah. So yeah. he was like, "We just have to make a point to just be constantly like." showing them videos of them and Nani and, and just talking, you know what I mean? And just, and that will help them. That will help keep her alive for them. You know what I mean? Like her memory alive and things like that. But I, I'm with you. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like I said, my kids talk about her every single day and I'm petrified Mm -hmm. for the day when they don't talk about her every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I find myself too. And I don't know if this is some sort of um, I, I don't know what it is, but I find myself telling the story of her sickness and passing over and over to myself. Like, I don't want to forget yeah, totally. any of that. And I'm like, am I a psycho? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my dad and I talk about that sometimes, how, how sometimes we get mad at ourselves because 
there are certain details that are fuzzy. Like sometimes we're like confused. Mm -hmm. We're like, wait, did hospice come before that or after? You know what I mean? Like where you get like some days confused. And my dad was like, sometimes I feel like I wish we took notes, but like, why Mm -hmm. would you take notes? Exactly. But for some reason, it feels like you just want to remember because you just don't want to forget any part of her, any part of her story or anything that happened. You just don't want to forget any of it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I totally I get feel that. that. I feel that. Um, it's, it's, a, I, I feel like I say goodbye to a part of her every single day. Yeah. Every single day. I was going through my, I had this, I don't know. It was not like this grand illusion that I was going to um, get rid of some of my kids' clothes. And really uh-huh. I got rid of like four onesies. Totally. I went through five tubs of clothes and I got rid of four onesies. Yeah. Anyway. You sound like me. I'm like, I'll only save the stuff that's sentimental. Oh, look, yeah. everything's sentimental. <laughs> Sorry. You wore this at breakfast once. I yeah. had to keep it. But for real, like everything, I mean, I pulled out just gift after gift yep. after. I mean, my mom, she called them happies. Mm. And she would just come over with like, a themed basket. Aww. Like this would take me four days to make. Yeah. What in the world? But it was, you know, a a, a, ba- a basket of happies for my Aww. son and um some clothes for him. And, yeah. and of course, she, that's, that's not going to happen with my, with my daughter. Thank God she yeah. bought her a onesie before she got sick. Aww. And I was like, do I frame it? Of course, because yeah. I think I'm going to frame it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Save it in some way. Yeah, do yeah. something with it for sure. Yeah. And I know, like, I had posted the other day about how you know I'm like saving makeup my mom gave me, and mm-hmm. you said that your mom had made you before she got sick while you were pregnant. She made you muffins. She to, did so that when the baby came, you had like stuff in your freezer. She did, and you know what? She her handwriting was so terrible. She was like too much in a hurry to have decent handwriting. Yeah. And I am a perfectionist. And so I remember taking the muffins out of the bag that she put them in with her like chicken scratch. Oh my god! And gosh. putting them in a new bag with my handwriting on it. To clearly label. That's something yes. I would do. That's something I would do. Yes. Yeah. And I kicked myself. I'm like, I'm, you yeah. just kept the carrot brand muffins in the bag that she that she put them in, but I still have them in my freezer. I moved them from the deep freeze into mm-hmm. like our indoor freezer, like mm-hmm. maybe getting a little bit closer mm-hmm. to eating one of them. Yeah. Um, but I... I get it. I've not gotten there yet. No, I get it. I really, I really do. Yeah. How has this whole thing impacted your faith? I mean, it has to, right? Yeah, it it absolutely has. Um, So I've had grandparents die. I mean, Mm -hmm. my mom's mom was still living when my mom passed. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So I had lost three grandparents before then, but really, like I never saw them. Mm -hmm. It was sad, but like I I never, they just weren't really a part of my life. Totally, totally. You know, Um. But losing my mom mm-hmm. rocked me to my core. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it, for me, it's not by faith, by sight yet. Like it's, or it's mm-hmm. by faith, but not by sight yet. Like it mm-hmm. is still, you know, very much faith, obviously. Yeah. Um. But I, all of a sudden, it's like she died and I went, heaven is real. Mm, she yeah. is seeing Jesus. She is at his feet. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's real. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could be putting one step in front of the other if that's not where she was. Uh, I said the same thing. I, you know, yeah. you go through something like this and you are you feel angry at God or whatever, maybe don't, but whatever, a lot of people do, you know, and it's like, and you're tempted to be like, oh, like none of this means anything. You know, I don't even know what I believe anymore, but it's like, it, if I didn't believe that my mom is in heaven right now with my brother, like if I didn't have the mental image of her (laughs) arriving in heaven and right after meeting Jesus, getting to be with my brother, like, mm-hmm. uh, then w- like, how you would I get up? Right. Yeah. Like, how would I even get up every day? You know, yeah. you, you, you wouldn't. And this is going to sound so, I feel like it's going to sound really silly, but I, I am beyond excited to be in the Lord's presence, like fully in his glory one day. Mm-hmm. But I, if I, <laughs> Like, I'm so excited to see my mom again. Yeah. I am so excited to see my mom again. Yes. And, 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 and be with her and my dad and my brother and, you know, um, yeah, but, but it really, I, I haven't necessarily experienced that anger with God. I think, I think what it did for me was it made me go, okay, this, this was part of it. Yeah. This is my lot in life. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a good word. Yeah. Um, but this is what you had planned from day one. Yeah. And I trust you. And I trust that this is for my good and for your glory. Yeah. And and I feel like I had just been saying that because here's the other thing. And and again, thanks be to God that I had never really, you lost your brother. I, mm-hmm. I thought that I had lost my brother one time. It's the stupidest story you've ever heard in your life. <sighs> and I was on my knees, like, like my world had been pulled out from under me. And it right. turned out that like literally a game of telephone had just like a name right. had been communicated wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, You have had grief and trauma in your life. I mm-hmm. had never experienced literally anything. I, mm-hmm. My life had been pretty cush. And so I I could have said like, yeah, everything for my good and his glory. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. now I feel like I can say yes. Yes. And amen to all of, all of his promises. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. How do you feel like this, you know, has changed you? You know, and just how you live your life and just you as a mom. I think it's given me confidence. And again, I think that's probably pretty strange to some people, but my mom Mm -hmm. and I were very close. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I would even, like, put on an outfit and I would send her a picture and I'd be like, what do you think? Me too. Oh, my. Literally. Like, so, okay, my mom died August um, 27th. And on July, I was scrolling through like, uh, when was was the last, like our last texts and stuff, Uh you know, on July 30th was the last time I had like texted her an outfit. It was literally like we were dedicating my daughter that day and I sent her three outfits and I was like, which one do you think? And she was like, they all look so adorable on you. (laughs) Like you look great in all of them, but I think I like this one the best because of this and this like, 
it just, yeah. We just had that kind of a relationship, you know? Exactly. And now I don't have that. And that's just a small glimpse of like, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can, I can do this on my own. I I kind of have been, and you have two sisters, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, I'm the only girl. So I feel like I've kind of been shoved into this matriarchal Mm -hmm. position. Like I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year. It's 30. Three, I'm hosting things like what in the world? Right. You're like, hold on. Yeah. Mom's I'm not a grown up yet. This. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No. Mom's supposed to be doing this for like 20 more years. Yeah. Um, so I I feel like I've gained confidence in who I am. And and I realize that it's what she's taught me. Yeah. That like her voice is kind of still in the back of my head. Like, those pants are way too tight and you need to take them off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. Totally. Totally. What are some like helpful things that people did? You know, things that Mm. you're like, Hey, Mm -hmm. when I know somebody that's going through a crisis, I'm going to do that for them. Yeah. Meet practical needs. Like my, my dad did not have to cook a meal for 14 weeks. Oh, that's so amazing. And, and when my mom had lost the ability to move herself, Mm -hmm. which was very early on, he would literally like call someone from church and they would drive over. They would help (sighs) put her in the wheelchair and move her to bed. And then they would go. Yeah. And, um, I didn't necessarily need those needs met for myself, Mm -hmm. but to see the body working in that way. Totally. Um, was really beautiful to see. So I think just meeting, meeting those basic needs. Um, and, and since mom has past it's the people that remember yeah it's very easy I'm realizing now like I have a friend whose mom passed several years ago and and you don't know what that's like until it happens to you I I get that Mm -hmm. um but I have friends that will reach out like on my mom's birthday I know and just say I'm thinking of you I'm praying for you that is so nice that remember the anniversary of her passing and like mm-hmm. send me flowers. And I'm like, Aww. what? It means I don't even so it much. Means so yeah. much. I can't even um, remember my friend's birthdays. I, that's what I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> I am like so bad at that stuff. Like I, through this whole thing, I have realized like I am You're not a, a thoughtful friend, person. aren't you? Yeah, legitimately. Like I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm just like not a thoughtful person. Like that's just yeah. like, wow, I really need to work on that. Like I'm, yeah. I really do. Yeah. So I just remembering and mm-hmm. the pastor that spoke at my mom's service, that was the last thing that he left the crowd with was don't forget. Mm. And I've seen, I've seen my dad be forgotten a little bit, mm. but I've also seen people who haven't forgotten and who are now realizing my parents were like their I think 43rd wedding anniversary was right before my mom passed and they were obsessed with each other yeah like legitimately obsessed so my dad is floundering Mm -hmm. um yeah and so to see people remember him yeah is like it's brought me to tears Mm. oh Oh, man I mean we could go on for hours I'm sure and just talk about yeah just our moms and just memories of them and then the trauma of losing them and just every day, just all the things, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. could just go on 
for forever, but I feel like I have a new friend in you and, um, I'm just thankful. Thank you for like coming on this podcast with someone that you don't know and sharing a very (laughs) personal story, you know, and just like your journey and, and just all of that stuff. I just feel like this, honestly, I think it'll be helpful for people, but Quite honestly, this was selfish. It was for me. (laughs) I'm like, if other people like it, I'm so happy. But I liked it. I needed it. You know what I mean? Like it it was selfishly for me. And so I just appreciate you so much. And and the same goes for me to you. That was a very clunky way of me saying what you just said. But (laughs) (laughs) thank you for asking me. I, um, I don't know how it will help other people. But again, I think finding someone else in in this club. Um, yep. and you mentioned earlier that you'd lost your brother, but that those two things are so different mm-hmm. and this is not hardship Olympics. Like I don't want to make it that. Right. Um, but I do hope if someone is grieving in some way that, that they can, I don't know, take some kind of nugget. Absolutely. I just think like, out of it. I don't know. Like I said, for me, like it just, helps when you feel, when you hear someone else that's like, yeah, yeah, I've gone through that because there are times where it feels, uh, again, it's not hardship Olympics. I love, I'm going to steal that. I love that you said that. I'm going to steal that and use that in life. But sometimes, you know, like you find yourself in like, I don't know, like a situation where it's like, if you're around people that haven't necessarily experienced that level of grief, it just feels like that, that's, this is a huge part of me now. You know what I mean? Like, this is a massive, massive part of me that if you haven't experienced, you know, grief in your life, that's, that's fine. I'm not mad at you. It's just like a whole part of me that you can't relate to. You know what I mean? It colors everything in your life right now. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just like, you know, you have, like I said, a kinship with people that have walked a similar road, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you about this text message I just got? Yes. Like this is the kind of friend that these are the kinds of things that you do. Um, when someone has has kind of walked this road, it popped up on my computer and and I saw the first line. This is my friend that I have the podcast with. And mm-hmm. she said, I'm taking breakfast for dinner on Saturday to one of our other friends who just had a baby as an ode to Mona. That was my oh. mom's name. She oh. said, that will always be my go-to when I take a meal because that's what she brought me when I had Campbell. Oh, and it was so genius because we ate it for dinner and breakfast the next day. And I'm going to make her carrot brand muffins. Oh, like that's what you do. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. You were like transitioning. (laughs) No, no. Oh my gosh, I love that. Like the fact that your friend does that in honor of your mom and then also like remembers to tell you about it. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she cares You know, it's not just like, oh, sorry about your mom. You know what I mean? Like she cares. Like she feels like, you know, on my brother's birthday or the anniversary of his passing, when he has friends who post about it, that is like very deeply meaningful to me. Like that his friends still care nine years later that, that he died. And it's not just like an our family thing that like we're the only ones that even remember that this is going on. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. the fact that other people are like, no, this impacts me. 
You know, yeah. like that's so meaningful to know that like your person mattered to other people. Too like, much. That's just like, that's like such an ultimate way to love somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a moment. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. Parable Productions.